After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly, beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Did you know using your browser in incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? Take back your privacy with IPVanish VPN. Just one tap and all your data, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be instantly protected. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. Use IPVanish on all your devices, anytime you go online at home and especially on public Wi-Fi. Get IPVanish now for 70% off a yearly plan with this exclusive offer at IPVanish.com audio. Hey, it's Deuce. Thanks so much for downloading this podcast, specifically this one. After the Kings got destroyed by the Pelicans again. I do want to ask you a favor. Make me feel better after this loss. Can you drop us a review on Spotify or the Apple Podcast Store? Just take a second. Go over to the app and do it. All it does is help our channel grow. So appreciate you doing that. And we'll be talking about a lot on this podcast, including the loss, what went down, what went wrong. And we talked some trades too. Enjoy it. Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo. They tell you what they know. Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo. The podcast that you know. Hey, welcome into the Deuce and Mo podcast. Recording this on a Sunday evening after the Kings took on a Pelicans team that really had their number. The Kings were looking for revenge. They didn't get it at all tonight. In fact, the Pelicans were shorthanded. No Zion Williamson. That's a blow. No yeah. Jose Alvarado. Yeah. That's a blow. But yeah. it did not matter. In mm. fact, it was so bad tonight. At one point, the Pelicans led by 50 points in the game. Boo Birds were out on Kids Day at Golden One Center. <laughs> and the Kings lose at home to the Pelicans, 133-100. to 100. They are 0-4 against the Pelicans this year, and the stats get even more depressing. Morgan Reagan, the Kings have been down 30-plus in a game five times this year. They've been down 40-plus in a game three times this year. We have a lot to go over as the Kings fall to 21-14. and 14. I'm Deuce Mason. That's Morgan Reagan. Each and every one of our podcasts presented by our friends over at Northwest Exteriors. Check out northwestexteriors.com. Morgan Reagan, how are you digesting this? Is it like digesting, um, I don't yeah, know. what? What? I don't Where know. Are you like, go, with that? go back to when you're like 20 and you're digesting a whole bunch of Taco Bell after drinking. Is that what it's like? I was fine when I was 20, though. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, but if I did that now, yeah. it would be... A different life, a different story. Um, that was one of those games where it was, you just were like watching and going, ew, 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 God, ew, again? Everything was ew. I mean, everything from Dyson Daniels knocking down his threes when he's like, what, a 28% three-point shooter or something like that. And then, I mean, you'd see Jay who again, is a very good player, but was just not missing in that first half. And um, on top of all that, it just never felt like anyone's presence on the Sacramento Kings team was 
ever being felt, except when they came out really strong in the first minute and a half or two out of the half. Yeah. And it was like, then they couldn't continue that. They couldn't score at that point. They, <laughs> they actually couldn't. got some stops early in yes. that quarter. You're like, oh, if you if you score here, and they could not get anything going. Yeah. Let's be honest. This Pelicans team owns the Sacramento Kings. There's no other way to put it. If these two teams play in the playoffs, it's probably a four-game series. Maybe the Kings get to a five-game series. This team, with Zion, without Zion, is a matchup nightmare for this current Kings roster, and it exposes their greatest weaknesses. Yes. Now, even with the Kings' weaknesses tonight, this doesn't mean you should be losing by 40-plus points or whatever. They end up losing by 33, but they were down 50 at home. You're down 50 at home. And my frustration lies in this. I'm, if I'm on that team coming into today, mm -hmm. and I don't know what their mindset was, but like... I'm coming in like fired up like this is a playoff game. This team has embarrassed us this year. And the last thing I'm doing is getting embarrassed on my home floor. So not only did they lose today to a team that's had their number, they got obliterated. Fox was bad on both ends. He finished with three points in this game. And it's not just all about him. I mean, the guys carried the Kings this year. But when your best player has three points and... Yeah is not moving well, just doesn't look right, that's going to kill you. But when I'm looking throughout the game, I, let's go back to some of my notes, Morgan. At let's one point, back. at the 734 mark, I made a note. Excuse me. At the 209 mark, I made a note. 14-3 rebound advantage. Huh. In the first quarter. In the first quarter. 14-3 okay. rebound advantage. That's not good. At the end of the first, it was 15-4 rebounding advantage. At halftime, 29 to 9. The Sacramento Kings have a player on their team, Demonis Sabonis, who leads the league in rebounding. And the Kings were being out-rebounded 29 to 9. At the end of the game, it was 51 to 25. Well. What? Well, and what I will say this, had a lot to do with two things. Sacramento Kings missing a lot of shots, but why were they missing a lot of shots? Because the Pelicans defense was just so dominant out there. Uh, these long arms up in their face contesting shots, those hands getting deflections in passing lanes, slowing them down, so then the shot clock is just winding down. Everything the Pelicans were doing was just so locked in and perfect. So then when the shots were being missed, the Pelicans were grabbing that defensive rebound. And then on the other end, what were the Pelicans doing? Oh, going up against a Kings defense that was at times invisible and making all of their shots. So the efficiency there, the Kings couldn't even grab a rebound if they wanted to try, but you would just hope on the other end of the floor, there was a little bit more. And yeah, I'll say it effort there because that is really quick too, because, and this is fun and we'll talk about it more, but um, I sat down with Domas Sabonis yesterday, and that will be coming out on a Kings Central coming up soon. We'll have more information. Oh, is this why the Kings lost? Because no, you're spending time talking to you yesterday. Him, I asked him about the, you know, how what is it about rebounding? Why is he so good at it? You know, is it the mechanics? Is it timing? And just the word effort with rebounding came out of his mouth so many times. And he's like, and that's like for so many people. And he's like, sure, you can understand the personnel of a player. And if it's a corner three, and if it's going to go off the rim here, here, and here, all those things, you're going to position yourself in the right way. But at the same time, there's so much effort in there. And the Pelicans, they played with so much effort tonight, and the Kings could not match it. So they start hitting shots. Kings defense was a mess. And then on offense, I felt like the Kings too. Yes, give credit to the Pelicans defense. I 
Give them a lot of love. They are seventh coming into tonight in defensive rating. They're like second in steals. They present a lot of problems for many teams in the league, but it seems like it impacts Sacramento more than anybody. Correct. But also, Mike Brown has been talking about the controllables a lot. Well, one thing I feel like you can control is just your pace. And I'm not just saying like pushing the pace. I'm talking about the pace in which you're playing on offense. And I just felt like the Kings were slow tonight. Now, some of that might be the Pelicans. They do a great job with their long arms protecting the paint. The Kings struggle dealing with that length, finishing over length. Then on the other end, they can't defend length. Like I'm watching that first quarter. I'm like, all right, Harrison Barnes is on Brandon Ingram. That's tough. And you go, well, put Keegan on him. Okay, that's fine. You can put Keegan on him. But Harrison Barnes, go be on Trey Murphy. Yeah. And, and that's like the challenge with this is they have so much length. And B.I. was like, cool. You could even throw my, your hand up. It doesn't matter because I'm longer yeah. than you. I'm taller than you. I'm shooting over you. And I'm scoring. And that's hap- that happened so many times tonight. Yeah, the way that he would elevate. Absolutely. And you saw that being such a disadvantage for the Kings. But you talk about the pace for the Kings. And you're like, just didn't feel like they were pushing the ball up, whatever. It's, I give so much credit to the Pelicans, just like you did. I give so much credit to the Pelicans. But I think the number one thing I take away from that is it really pointing out the serious flaws of this Kings team that can absolutely play fast, but you can't play fast against a long team or you can't play fast against a good defensive team. That just shows like, okay, you're capable, but why aren't you getting past that hump? And it's because there's tweaks that need to be made, but we can get more into that later. We're definitely going to get into that because this is the type of game that has Monty and Wes probably picking up the phone at halftime going, all right, we got some stuff to do. Like, it has to be that. Yeah. Um, so we talk about the defense, mm-hmm. but the Pelicans took 82 shots tonight. 82. The Kings took 91. So the Kings had nine more shots and scored 33 fewer points. The Pelicans shot 61%. They were 19 of 35 from beyond the arc. CJ McCollum, I thought we were back in his Portland days when he's playing with Dame in like his fourth year. This guy got whatever he wanted. He was knocking down shots left and right. The Kings pick and roll defense was a mess. There was not a lot of good here. And I, I you know, we always talking about off nights happen in the NBA. Okay, Morgan, we saw an off night against Charlotte. They lost. We saw an off night in Portland. They lost. Then the rest of their losses... They're getting destroyed in these games. It's been four times to the Pelicans they've lost now. Mm -hmm. We've seen them get destroyed by the Rockets a couple of times. Like, how do we explain when they lose? Why why does it have to be a bloodbath? In in multiple. In multiple. Because I go, that happens in the NBA. This, hey, hey, this happens in the NBA. You're going to see that every season. Sure. But... This shit has happened so many times. And like you said, a bloodbath so many times where the Kings are not coming out on the positive end of yeah. things. Frankie Cardicelli from Sackdown Sports had this. <laughs> the Sacramento Kings have lost 14 games this year, okay. right? They are now 21 and 14. Seven of their losses, seven of their 14 losses have been by 15 plus points. They've lost by 17. By 18. What? By 20. What? By 25, what? by 25, what? by 33, what? and by 36. I know in this league, we get more blowouts than ever because of three-point shit and blah, blah, blah. You don't have half your losses be like this. Half your losses can't be like this. And this is where you go into like the larger issue, okay? Like, 
when you're down early and when like I'm noticing the rebounding deficiency at a break in that time. You were texting right? me every yeah, single I was time. texting Morgan in the first quarter, but dude's 14 three advantage. Like they got to wake up. I, this is not where you go. Your coach has to wake you up. Right. And th- this is falls on some leadership, right? You, you have to have some accountability on the floor and you can't just have a whole bunch of slumped shoulders walking down the bench waiting for Mike Brown to tell him what to do or Jordy or the coaching staff to get on him. It's like, who is going to be the voice that on the floor is kind of getting on guys or like rallying cry? Because this is a theme this year against this Pelicans team. It's a theme in losses that if I'm a player in that locker room, I am pissed. And I you can't just sit there and be silent. And if you have all those guys just sitting there and being silent, that's a problem. Like, you, and look, you can't just have guys, one guy who just talks a lot, you know, and yells. We saw that with Tristan Thompson. You know, people don't buy into that because it feels corny and phony. You need to have someone that has the respect of the team, team to yeah. do that, but they miss that. Yeah. You know, because no, there I, has to be some professional, professional pride there. And, and that's why, I mean, if you really want to talk about it, it's like someone like Draymond Green, where you look at him with the Golden State Warriors at times, and you see it help and rally them back into things. I feel like it's channeled into more of a negative direction for them as they keep seeing um, uh, adversity for themselves and Clay's not the same or their young guys aren't getting time, blah, blah. And then Draymond all of a sudden is trying to rip some guy's head off or punch (laughs) someone in the face. It was like, okay, well, that took a turn. How can you find that balance of of having someone that's going to, to yell at their teammates and hold them accountable like a Draymond Green, but also not take it to the next level. And you talked about it. Tristan Thompson was someone that could be that. And I even think someone like JaVale McGee could be that, but he's not on the floor, and he's making mistakes when he is on the floor. And it's like that person, I guess what we're trying, it's why I'm mentioning Draymond Green, because he's a starter, and he's yelling at his guys. Whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, that's what the Kings, they need something like that. And Morgan this is where I have a tough time like relating, right? Because like we literally, and I'm not just, I'm not kidding here. We have podcasts sometimes where we get off the air and I'm just like, what are we we doing? Like, what are we doing? Like, or she'll get on me about something. There has to be that, right? We have to have some accountability. Like the standards have to be high and there, there's disagreements sometimes, but there's also times where, Mm. you know what? One of us is actually right. Like, Hey, Deuce, you got to close better here. Or like, what are you doing? Dragging this in the middle. Yeah. Like, you communicate through. But like someone, you know what? It can't be. What? It can't be like mics off and you just turn off and just go. And whatever. you don't and talk that, about it. That, so it's the same thing when it comes. I mean, life in basketball, whatever. Mm-hmm. Communication has to be there. Someone's got the like, hard conversations have to be I, there. And not everyone has that in them to have that. And I okay, fine. But you know what? You guys get paid a lot of money. Like, I, I need you guys to bring that. I need you guys to call out or just gather, rally the troops, right? It doesn't even have to be a yell. It needs to be in the timeout like, hey, we need to wake the fuck up on these boards. You know, like whatever. It has to get hot. Sometimes the approach also is not going to be delivered the right way. And it's yep. not going to be received the right way. Um, for example, there's so many times where I feel good after a show and Deuce is coming off, <laughs> throwing his headphones, going, we have to be better. Well, look, and, when you have the Mamba mentality okay, like get me, the, I'm kind of like Kobe. Get out right? of here. <laughs> so my point up. is, though, but, yep. where, but where I know that's coming from is a passionate soul that just wants to be great and so i don't i receive it differently and i try and 
translate it differently for him. And my point to this is there's got to be those moments and those people, this team, they are good at communicating. We know that. We know that they sign an all-in sheet at the beginning of the year. They're grown men, and they they buy into this shit. But why aren't they able to communicate that and make Man. those adjustments when the shit is really flying and falling bad, bad, bad to the ground? Man, they, they don't look like they're all into me. They look like they got their toes dipping in the water, seeing what the temperature is. No, it's like their foot's in there. Seriously, though, I think the other thing with this specific team, too, is yeah. just like... We talk about like the vocal leadership, but like they don't have enough nasty out there. Do you know what I mean? Like I know Fox can get upset and get it? into guys, but when they get punched, when they get punched hard, it, it does feel like this team cowers a well, little bit. Well, you're missing Trey Lyles tonight too, and that sure. and that is the that is a lot of the nasty. But here's my other thing to that though, Deuce, because I go right now. And this happens after most losses, yeah. especially because most losses, like Frankie's tweet, <laughs> are by a lot. It's the Kings getting demolished throughout the game. And I go, I look at, I reflect and I look at how we are approaching this loss and we're like, well, they're missing this and they're missing this yeah. and they're missing this. And a lot of the flaws do come out in losses. And I would feel like last year what happened in some of their losses it wasn't flaws like they need to trade so-and-so and they need to get rid of this person and fire this person it was more like oh they just need to get better at this as a team and this and I feel like because they've gotten better at these things and the flaws are just amplified and now we're in a place where it's like okay it needs to be solution-based with tweaks not just yeah. tweaks internally also I need to make something clear what I would feel this way when or lose like we have been very transparent like about this team's weaknesses like we're talking look this team's good enough to be a playoff team without doing it yes. but if you really want to raise the standards and be a better team and get further mm -hmm. like you you got to make some tweaks mm -hmm. another stat that my guy travis put out there and i just double checked it <coughs> excuse me um looking at the king's losses this year morgan yeah um wow <laughs> they are one in ten in games against the Warriors, Rockets, Pelicans, and Clippers. The one win was the... They beat the Warriors once. After being down by 24 yes, points. Yes, after being down by 24 points. <laughs> yeah. So that's the one win. One in 10 against the Pelicans, Warriors, Rockets, and Clippers. Mm. That's such a weird little thing with this schedule. It's mm -hmm. like we're talking about four teams are responsible for 10 of their losses this okay. year. And so like those, those are... It's concerning. Like we can acknowledge our twenty-one and fourteen. Their schedule, their their record is better than it was at this time last year. But it doesn't cover up. Like, hey, like we've seen too many of this, and yeah. now you start throwing in these type of losses, throwing in their uh, loss against Portland, a loss against Charlotte. You go, okay, there's there's something off with this team that has to be addressed. It's not just oh, this happens, this no. happens, and especially with the team. I don't think the expectations are just yeah, yeah. high from the outside. The expectations are high from within and within sure. themselves, though, as as players and, and understanding what they are capable of achieving together. Oh, my goodness, Morgan mm -hmm. Reagan. I, I thought, and to give the Pelicans some more credit, the one thing I did notice early in the first quarter, man, they were so good at blowing up dribble handoffs by the Kings. They stay attached to their guy. They are, presenting any, uh, uh, they are preventing any dribble handoffs. Go ahead. This is why, just so I don't forget my point, 
This is why Mike Brown try, is trying to do so many things that don't have to do with the DHO because he knows that this is the shit that happens in the postseason that you can't just worry about as you get closer to the postseason. He's trying to make this team better at all the other things. Go on. Yeah, and I, I thought they they came out and just played. You know, they got they kind of played like the desperate team. They kind of played like the team that has gotten beat three times coming into this game, right? Yeah. Like they they were they looked really really strong. At the end of the night, CJ McCollum had 30 points. <laughs> Valanciunas, man, I'll tell you what. He, he and Sabonis are close friends, both on the Lithuanian national team, but if there's one guy that can just go at Sabonis, it's Valanciunas. Yeah. He does a great job. I mean, they battle each other. But Valanciunas had a, a double-double, 15 and 12. Sabonis finished with 17, 10, and 6 in this one. Um, the two leading scores tonight, 17 from Sabonis, 17 from Kevin Herter off the bench. De'Aaron Fox scored three points on one of 10 shooting. Harrison Barnes got to 10. Keegan had eight points, one rebound on two of nine, one of six from three. Chris Duarte, the other starter, one point. 0 for 3 shooting in 14 minutes. So that's obviously not ideal when your starting lineup does not give you much at all. I want to start with De'Aaron Fox. Yeah, uh, yes. Okay. What's going on? Um, it's, it's been a few games now. Is well, this a, just a, a, a slump? Steph Curry's going through a slump right now. Is this just a, what what is happening I out think, there? I, I think I, I personally think that, yes, that is what happens throughout the season, sure. right? And you saw the 14 point game and then the little bit of a bounce back last game with 24 points or whatever it was um, in that win on Friday. And then you had this game and I really feel like this is the second flop game of the year yep. and they're so close together. Right. And in this little span of games, it's last game wasn't even one of his best games. Sure. But they pulled out the win. I, I'm not sure what's going on with him, but I'm also very much not concerned at all, even if this were to go on for on and off for yeah. another week or so. I just, I well, I hope it doesn't go that long because this road trip, you know, you don't want to dig yourself a hole here. But you're right. There are going to be times throughout the season where you struggle. It's just when Fo Fox's, you don't want Fox's, you want Fox's struggles to be a game where he has 15 points and seven rebounds mm -hmm. or seven assists, four rebounds against the Magic and they win versus three points in 26 minutes yep. you know like that is the number where you're going well you're a guy that gets almost 30 a night we can't have you at three and so you just hope he's okay I know there's one sequence in the game tonight where they went with a horn set he drove to the basket missed the shot it looked like he was grabbing his left hip a little bit and I went all right I, I hope he's okay he, he kept playing but you you know when when Someone of his caliber starts to struggle a little bit. You go, okay, is there anything going on? Like, is there more to this? Or is there an injury? Is he just off? What's happening? Yeah, and I, I think when you look at this situation, you look at last season, too, yeah. and this team likes to play through some shit, right? They get banged up, and they like to play through it. I think what's tough about someone's game like De'Aaron Fox's game is that so much of his game um, – is dependent on his health and him, basically his speed, his explosiveness, um, the the team's identity revolves around him, all of those things, right? I know that he is becoming 
uh, a shooter and his range is hitting different this season everything but it's not like you're going okay well he can rely on that part of his game it's good no because him still being that quick threat all the time opens up so many other things for so many other players and himself so yeah um just hoping that it's not too much but i'm sure he's banged up I'm sure it's contributing to this little bit of a slump or whatever you want to call it, but I'm sure he's going to be fine. The other thing I want to talk about before we get into some of the other players, Morgan, is what happened post-game. One player went to the podium tonight. Oh. Keon Ellis. Yep. Keon Ellis, who has been out of the rotation, who came in off the bench tonight and played for Sacramento and had some solid minutes during his time coming off the bench. He's on a two-way contract with this team. He ends up playing 12 minutes at 13 points on five of six shooting. He went out to the podium to talk to the media after the game, and then it was Mike Brown. Traditionally, you you hear from a couple of players, and then you go in the Mm -hmm. locker room, and there's a little more. At this point, the only thing we have seen is the one player to come out and talk to the media is a second-year player on a two-way contract, Keon Ellis. Yeah. Hey man, gotta pitch, put put your big boy pants on. It would have been better if I said that smoother. Hold on, <laughs> let me try again. Home. The only player to come out, mm-hmm. Keon Ellis, oh. your two way player, who's on in the second year of his NBA contract, who's been in and out of the rotation. Oh. I'm sorry if you're gonna take the podium and go up there all happy and talk about a win. If you're gonna go up there and spend ten minutes talking to the media. After a win, you got to do it after a loss. It's what, hey, guess what? We do a podcast after a loss. These fans who are here watching us or listening to us later are here after a loss. You got to show up. It's part of your job. And you're going, oh, it's just the media. Who cares about the media? No, no, no. It's not about the media. It's about the fans wanting to, he- the fans want to hear from you after a game like this. Mike Brown came out after the game and said, I wish we can give the fans their money back, right? Like that. <laughs> So, when you get down by 50 points at home to a team that's dominated this year, you this year, you got to come out and answer some questions from the media and explain, like, what's happening. And to send out just the young guy, I don't think that's cool. And that goes to the leadership thing, right? Like, you want guys to hold each other accountable, but the other part of being accountable is going out there and explaining, like, hey, what happened? You know what? I wouldn't want to talk to the media Either. I get it. But guess what? It's part of your job. You make a lot of money. So if you're one of the best guys on the team, if you're De'Aaron Fox, Demonis Sabonis, you got to come out and talk, especially after a game like this. You would do it in a win. Uh, yeah. No, I get it. I, I get it. I, I have no excuses, but it's it's very funny because the entire time that you were yeah. talking about that, I just kept thinking about like where my mental state is sure. right now. And like I am not good we'll get to that in a second I'm not good I'm not okay um with a lot of things just going on in but I'm but I'm great with a lot of things but I'm just not okay with a lot of things okay that are just going on in my life right now and I think about when there's one extra thing that yeah. triggers me I can't handle I get it. it and but I'm just saying my my mental state is more important than giving someone sure. an answer sometimes if that happened all the time I am with you but this is one time so here's a difference though Morgan what you may have stuff going on in your life. Yes. You're going to work and you're going on air and going on camera. You're coming on and doing a podcast after the game. You're doing your job. This is part of their job. Yeah. Now, we just found out that Demonis Sabonis did talk 
to the media in the locker room after the game. You want to hear a portion of it? To yes, see what he had please, to say please, after this please. game? Let's hear what Demonis Bonus said. Uh, Domas, Mike talked about how, I, you know, you guys have had kind of a lack of fight in some of these games mm-hmm. like this. I mean, you know, I, I think you, you feel like you're a good team, but but the, on days like this, where where how do you generate that fight? Where does that have to come uh, from? You know, I, I, don't, I don't know. You know, um, it's a team that beat us three times, you know, so it sucks. You know, I, I, I expected everyone to come out with, with, with more energy, you know, and um, I mean, I don't even know how to answer that question. You know, I mean, someone's beat you three times. You got to come out and just show some kind of fight. Is that something you can demand? Does the does the coaching staff need to do? I it? mean, we can talk about it all we want, but we got to show it on the court. You know, and um, we just all got to find it. You know, um, basketball is a team, a team game, and uh, you know, especially us when we're when we're all locked in together, we're we're we're, we're a really dangerous team. So we just got to generate that. Um, unbelievable was it to see. At halftime, you guys only had like nine boards. You, you yourself usually have way more than that. And as a team, to have that few, how, what does that kind of say about what? This I mean, game if you don't get stops, there's no boards. If the ball is going through the net, you can't really get it. So, does a lot of that have to do with their length, also, just the way they kind of play and how? For the rebounds, you think? Yeah. I mean, if the ball is going in, there's no rebound. So, I mean, <laughs> there's no I don't know how to answer. That. Trying to end it, or change to a little bit of a positive note, but the the group in the fourth quarter that mm-hmm. you that you guys saw ended up getting to triple digits. But with Keon and Kessler and all mm-hmm. them, just what did you see from your perspective? Uh, it's great, it you know. Um, they have opportunities to come out and you know um, get some minutes, uh, get some experience out there, try things out, you know. And um, it's 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 great for them, you know. They all came out and I feel like they found a rhythm. So, like I said, the, these guys are professionals. They're they they always stay ready. Montes, uh only six fast break points tonight for the Kings. Uh, what, what was the uh, what was the Pelicans doing defensively to stop that? Um, they were making buckets, and we had to take it out under under the rim. You know, we can't. Uh, no rebounds. You know, we get rebounds, we run. They're scoring. That means we take the ball out of bounds. We can't run as fast. In your opinion, what does accountability look like? Uh, we we just got to call um, call it call it like it is. You know, if, if there's no fight, we got to call each other out. Coach's got to call us out. You know, there's got to be some kind of fire that's going to light you up to go out there and play hard. Could you... No, did you notice the fans' frustration? I mean, there's some booing there. And uh, of course, you know. I mean, it's it sucks. We're we're a good team. We had gr- two great um, home games the day before, you know, with a lot of energy and fight. And tonight we didn't show that. So I mean, it's it's normal. It sucks as players, you know. You're in your home court, but um, you definitely understand them. It was not our best performance. Sorry, not to kind of end on, but two and two home stand before the road trip. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of the big picture as you kind of go out on this? Uh, no, you know, at home, you know, the more we can win, the the better, you know. And uh, two and two, I would say, isn't a great thing, you know. Does this team have a little bit of a psychological barrier against maybe this team specifically, but but in more general terms, like teams with size and length? Uh, I don't think so. I think I don't, I don't think we think that. You know, I mean, I don't think it goes through anyone's mind. At least it doesn't through mine. You know, and um, we just got to go out and compete. You know, there's there's no other excuse. Domas, what do you make of the letdowns? You guys are. I mean, your record's fine, but it's the losses. How bad the losses are that mm-hmm. really stand out. Is there something yeah. you're, you feel in those games? Uh, no, it just sucks because, like you said, we're having a good, great season, you know, better than last year. It's just the losses we do have are usually really high, you know, so they definitely hurt more and um, they're definitely concerning, you know, but, um, yeah, I don't know how to answer that yet. There's some honest bonus talking to the media after the game. I don't know. Like I said, the only person who went to the podium was Keon Ellis. Maybe after we're done recording this, we find out that the media was able to talk to more players after, but usually after – Games like this, you get to the locker room and guys dip out pretty fast because they don't want to deal with the media. Um, what did you make of what Damanis Sabonis had to say? I mean... Anything jump out to you? No, I, I thought 
I, I mean, nothing was wrong with what he said. And, you know, when asking why um, they couldn't push the ball off the floor, he's like, you know, they're making shots and we're not. And it's like, yes, but also in, you, they're making shots because your defense was dog shit, you know, and that's, and that's part of it. And when I say dog shit, it's not even like they weren't trying out there. It was they needed to play at a different level against the Pelicans. They just like, that is the thing against some yeah. of these teams that it's not, you can't just play your defense and it works out because they miss a few shots. The Pelicans needed to feel something and there was nothing that was being felt on that end of the floor for the Pelicans. So they it made it look effortless for them. I saw professor Oak who I really enjoy on Twitter. And I sent this to you, Morgan, he had this to say, and I think it's absolutely just, Perfect. Yep. If you're small, beating a bigger team means you have to turn up the pressure. The Pelicans don't feel the Kings at all. They're running their actions with minimal resistance, have to crank up the physicality on defense to have a shot. They're taller and longer than you, but you're quicker than them. Get into their jerseys. And that's it. Like the Pelicans do play physical. They're long. They'll bump you around, but you can control your physicality too. And we've seen it. And I think, that's where I go back to where the Kings at times, I feel like this year's team, they get punched a little bit. They go, okay, we'll stop. Yeah. We'll stop. And yeah. you can't, you got to play with force. And that just has to be like a mindset. You cannot just come out soft. And that goes with everybody. And then you go into some of the defensive mistakes. Yeah, it's getting in the guys. But there was one play where there's a time on the floor and Mike took Keegan aside for a good minute and a half walking him through the mistake. I went back and watched it and it was pick and roll coverage with Duarte and Sabonis and Keegan did not come over to help on the roll at all. Yeah. You know, and it, those are the little things where you're paying too much attention to your guy and not realizing there's this action here. This has to be a team defense. And there's going to be things that aren't perfect. You're going to make sure. mistakes, but that it's that though, that, that is a big mistake. Yep. That is, that is a brain fart. That is something where it's like, like you said, controllables and that right there alone just needs to be automatic. It needs to be part of your DNA. Like, you know, where to be in that pick and roll coverage when you're there to help with your teammates. And I mentioned this earlier, Deuce, how they came out of the half and they were like, all right, let's suck it to him or whatever. And you saw Chris Duarte up in their faces. Keegan you know, picking up BI yeah, full court. Loved it. Loved it. That needed to happen the rest of the game. That needed to happen to first start the quarter. Game. <laughs> 12 minutes on the clock. That you. But my point is it didn't. You, you so do why, it when you're down 25. And, but why, why couldn't it continue? And it's like you said, you're already down 25 or whatever it is at that point. It becomes even more deflating. And that's why it does. You're exactly right. That needs to be the tone that it starts with. And guess what? If you get tired, Mike Brown will go to someone else that can, that can be in there and figure it out and give that same sort of defensive intensity. Great example. Davion Mitchell, okay? Mm -hmm. Davion Mitchell is... the. Most nights, the smallest guy on the floor. He'll get scored on because guys are bigger than him, and you know you wish he was 6'5", and oh my God, all <laughs> NBA defensive player, right? Yeah. Smallest guy on the floor. What does he do? Who gets in the guys? The Kings as a team have to have that type of mindset, right? The switch of, we have to be into guys. I don't care if you're picking up fouls. It's tiring. You can't play soft. Do it. You can't play soft on both ends. And I know Sabonis is like, well, you can't get rebounds if they're going in. Yeah, that's that's partly true. You can't get offensive rebounds because I'll tell you what, you're missing a shit ton on offense. Mm -hmm. Go get an offensive rebound. Like, but in that, And that's the other thing. It's because of how the Pelicans were rebounding. It was just 
they were the more physical team. Yeah. They were the team that had more effort out there tonight. And it was, and it didn't seem like it, it didn't come. It wasn't hard for the Pelicans to show up like that. You know, it really came off as in a uh, very, very like common effort for them. You know, like it was just there and it was, this is how we play. This is what we do. And for the Kings, if, I'm looking at that team and I'm looking at how many times you've lost to them and you're about, you also have to play them one more time. Usually you're only playing a team four times, but you're playing them one more time because of the in-season tournament shit that, you know, did with schedules. It's like with that game alone, that should be your championship if you want to look at it like that because they have your number and you have to figure out how to beat them if you want to be a better team. You know, sometimes, you know, you want to have your teammates back during a game too, sure. right? This is where I'm having my back, my teammates back. Hey, Jeremy in the chat, who says, yeah. Morgan's always sugarcoating it. It's amazing. What sugarcoat? Morgan gets the most crap ever for being negative all Thank the time. Thank you. Yet you're going to come here and say she's sugarcoating it. Why? Because we're not yelling like Skip Bayless and Stephen A. Smith. You know, the other thing we're not going to do, we don't just come on here, <sighs> kick, scream, and yell. You know what we're doing? We're being our authentic selves. We come on here. We tell you what's going on. We haven't sugarcoated anything tonight. This team was down by 50 at home. That's usually reserved for bad teams. The Kings are a bad team. They shouldn't be down 50 at home. So I don't know what you want. Do you want us to uh, throw a ball, score, and act like we're upset? No, no, like, no, no. no, no, no. We're going to be real about how we feel and talk about it. Also, so if you want people that are just going to yell and scream, then go somebody, somewhere else, Jeremy, because we actually like to tell you what's going on, how it went down, and how to fix it, not just scream and yell. That's and not us. Jeremy. Oh, sweet Jeremy. Just one more thing. I. That is fine if you don't like my opinion. That is totally fine. But here's my thing. Thing. Like, you don't have to be a dick about it. One, you can disagree Thank you. with whatever I say, absolutely, but it is authentic. It is coming from my experience, my knowledge of watching the game, and sometimes just like how I feel about a certain situation. And I'm sorry that you don't feel the same way, but like, be cool, okay? Yeah. Don't be so like, uncool. Anyone know that? You're sugarcoating it. Luann, Real Housewives of New York. And by the way, you can't sugarcoat a turd. Can you ma- go, go outside? Well, you can. Oh, I can't. I can't. Can. I'm going to tell you this. If you go outside and pick, out, pick up a piece of Carlin's poop and you dip it in sugar and eat it, it's still not going to taste good. Why the good. fuck would you eat it? Why would you eat My a sugar-coated turd? Tonight was a sugar-coated turd. You can't sugarcoat it. It wouldn't matter anyway. Shove a few of those in Jeremy's mouth. Golly. Choke on some turds, you dick. Uh, Morgan making more excuses for the team about not going to podium. A bad day? You're sounding oh, more and more like Jeremy someone who... Oh, this Jeremy doesn't like me. Go on. Uh, hey, so Jeremy... No, this... no, no, just leave him. Okay. He's fine. Jeremy, it's... No, he doesn't like me. Just no, no, yeah, no, no. We, we just move on. We're yeah. not going to let Jeremy bait us into stupid things. She didn't make an excuse for them. She I was just saying, like, I wouldn't like to do it. I some sugar-coated shit. Yeah. 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 Son of a gun, Jeremy. Did you I say that out loud? You know, Jeremy, if I see you. What I'm, are you going to do? <laughs> I'm going to make sure I have a sugar-coated <laughs> piece of Carlin poop. And guess what you're going to do? You're going to Eat you're it. gonna open your mouth. You're gonna I'm eat gonna it. shove it in your mouth. I'm gonna close your yeah. mouth. And you're like that, Jeremy. Yeah. Oh, I sugarcoat <laughs> shit. Here you go. Eat it. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, um, okay, so we talked about Fox. We talked about the, not going to the podium, all that stuff, why that wasn't good. We talked about the physicality, the mentality. Um, also, like, Keegan Murray, I like what he did defensively tonight. I just need him in these moments, and I'm we're putting pressure on a young guy, right? 31 games into his second year. But for him to take steps, it's to do it consistently. Like, I want him to have that focus all the time. They're asking him to do a lot defensively, especially as like the only wing defender they have on this team who's capable of playing. You got to go out there and be consistent. It's even on offense. Like I felt like he was bringing it rotating well defensively. He's putting some bad spots out there, but I want him to look for his more during games like this. Don't get rattled because you're missing shots. Like you just had two straight double doubles. You can't have a game where you get one rebound. Go go in there and get nasty a little bit. Yep. Even if it's the Pelicans' point of emphasis to put a body on you and box you out, <sighs> find a way. Find a way. And I say find a way. I mean push a guy down. Yep. Put uh, like, this is this is where we're talking about being more physical. Sometimes it's not about hurting somebody, but when you're sick of somebody pushing through in the paint. For example, was that Pacers Celtics game last night? Yes. Okay. Pacers so Celtics, just, yeah. just for example, Tyrese Halliburton, Jalen Brown went in on Tyrese Halliburton so many different times. Like he was just like, he wanted to scout him out. Boom. Go at him because he was the stronger player. Tyrese wasn't strong enough. If I was Tyrese in that situation alone, I would have done something a little bit more on the nasty side, not on the dirty side, but the nasty side to make sure that he couldn't push me down. Or I would have tried to manipulate the call, get the refs on my side, done something. You have to make sure that you are altering your game. If they are doing something to alter yours. I'm with you. I'm with you. So Keegan, that's my point with Keegan is just like, he should have like find a way to, to fake it. Like someone was boxing you out and fouling you. If, if you couldn't be the more physical one and get in there and get a rebound. But at the same time, like Sabonis said, a lot of their shots were being made anyway. More talking about the offensive boards. Um, Morgan, what else jumps out to you about this game? We uh, rebounding, missed shot. They shot just under 42%. Deuce. It, it was, I mean, there's not, there's, yeah. even before we started this podcast, I said to you, I said, with this game, we could go and break down what went so wrong. But this is what's very interesting about this game. It's the fourth one. Against the Pelicans? Yep. The fourth game against the Pelicans. They play again in April. And they've almost all looked the same, but this was without Zion or Alvarado. And I just, I'm not scared for the Sacramento Kings because of their losses against the Pelicans, but I think it is more apparent than ever. It's, ah, it is time for some tweak if we want to get to a different level. All right, we're going to talk more about that coming up. I do want to play what Mike Brown had to say in his postgame presser, though. Here's what Mike said to open up the postgame. They, they flat out kicked our behind. Uh, one thing I do say, I feel, feel sorry for the fans that spent their money uh, coming and watch the game today. Um, for us to perform that way and the lack of fight to... You know, to whether it's get back in the game, stay in the game, however you want to call it, um, was not non-existent. Um, and it's going to be tough uh, scoring when you know you, you have Keegan Fox and Malik go a combined uh, five for twenty-nine. 
Uh, it's going to be a tough night. So give, give New Orleans a lot of credit. They came in here and they just flat out kicked our ass and did it for four quarters. Uh, and at the end of the day, like I said, you, you give them all credit. And I'm sorry, Sacramento fans, for coming uh, and spending your money today. It is wild to look at the Pelicans because every time they play the Kings, if if I didn't know any better and I was like a casual fan and just watch Kings Pelicans, you'd be like, oh, the Pelicans must be like 30 and two and the Kings are like two and 20. Correct. Right. Correct. And the Pelicans after this winter, they're 22 and 15. The Kings are 21 and 14. This Pelicans team, they have a lot of things you like. I, I I feel like if you went back and listened to our previous podcast about the Pelicans, we'd be saying the same things. Dyson Daniels, a good young player who's long, gets after it defensively. Herb Jones, long, gets after it defensively. Brandon Ingram, tough cover. He's long, good luck. Trey Murphy, he is long, good luck. It's just, talk about a challenge. Then you got Valanchunas up front, Zion in the mix, Alvarado. They just got got size everywhere. Yeah, and and I mean... The Pelicans, it's so interesting. At the beginning of this year, we were talking about a team where, like, what are they going to be? You have a star player that wants out. All these things are going on, and this team is still showing up. Yep. Showing, like, not just showing up. They're showing that they can be a good team with the pieces that they do have. And the pieces that they do have, when I say it like that, they have some damn good pieces. And they have some really good pieces that are good for this modern day NBA, right? The length, uh, youth hustle guys. And then just some freak athletes like a Zion who when healthy is fantastic. Sacramento Kings had 25 rebounds tonight, Morgan. Yes. The Pelicans bench had 22. Cute. The Pelicans bench had 22. The Kings as a team at 25. I mean, it, it, again, missed shots and effort. It's, it's a combination of both combo. Um. Wow. We have to come up with a moment of the game, a player of the game. Well, I already know the player of the game. We got to look ahead to this road trip. <laughs> okay. Because on one hand, you're going, hey, you know what's next? What? The Pistons. But then oh. on the other hand, you're going, shit. Yep. You play like you did tonight. Yep. You might lose to the Pistons. You do not want to lose to the Pistons. Well, and this is... this Pistons is, Hornets back-to-back. What? Oh, God. And Could what, you imagine? What we have seen from the Kings, what game was it? It was after the Hawks game. Was that the Grizzlies? Yes. And they came out and they gave it to them, right? It was like, okay, we went down big in the Hawks game. We rallied back, found a way to win. But in the Grizzlies game, they took care of business. I'm hoping you have a little bit more of that. Yeah angry Kings team going into the Pistons game and then hopefully even the Hornets game to really just take care of business. I don't trust right now that that's what you're going to get, but I also believe that obviously they're very capable of doing what we saw on New Year's Eve. You guys are going to love Deuce Mason's moment of the game. Why? It's pretty good. I'm really proud of what I came up with tonight. We'll get to that in just a second. And we got to talk some trade stuff because... I think it's time, right? We should mention that tonight's podcast presented by our friends over at Northwest Exteriors. Morgan Reagan, if you need windows, why should you go to Northwest? Well, they're a local one. They're all Kings fans, too. And three, it's changed the enti- this entire house. It's changed the energy bill, saving lots of money. And on top of all that, it's keeping out all the cold. And it's probably going to be the coldest 
week of the entire freaking year. Well, it's good that right now it's our energy saving sales event. You purchase new energy efficient windows and Northwest exteriors will pay your energy bill. Receive up to a thousand dollar credit toward your energy bill. And the best part is you'll save money after that. They are local. They have been in the business a long time. They don't subcontract. They have an amazing showroom in Rancho Cordova. You got to check them out. They do amazing work and they will make your home look good, feel good, and increase the value of your home too. So check out northwestexteriors.com because simply the best. Trust Northwest. The Kings may have lost tonight. Uh-oh. Here you go. And it really sucks. But maybe if they had... Uh, okay, I'm done. No, I, I lost my confidence, Morgan. No, dude. Give me affirmation. Come on. Oh, you're so good. I am good? Uh, do it again. Am I... You would say I'm simply the best or no? Yeah. You're trying to... Simply the best. Trust Northwest. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. All right, Morgan Reagan. Mm-hmm. Who's your rock and soul player of the game? Oh, I got mine right now and ready. Who is it? CJ McCollum. Go CJ. Go Go CJ. Go CJ. Well, yeah, CJ McCollum is your rock and soul player of the game, Morgan Reagan. He was spectacular. 30.7 rebounds, four assists. Uh, and here's what he had to say after <laughs> this game tonight against the Sacramento Kings. There's certain gyms where you just feel better, you have a better rhythm, just shot just feels better. Is this one of those gyms and places for you? Yeah, Sacramento was supposed to draft me. They had me come back for a second workout. Um, actually told me they were going to take me at seven, and they didn't. So, so it's personal? I, I, enjoy, I enjoy playing here. <laughs> so- CJ McCollum, your rock and soul player of the game. 30 points, seven rebounds, four assists, 11 to 16, shooting 7-10 from... Three. Good for him. <sighs> There's one thing that can make you feel better. After I know a game what it like is. This going to Rock and Soul Diner, Morgan Reagan. Yes, and so many people went the other night because this month in January, Friday and Saturday nights after Kings games, you go to Rock and Soul Diner and you can get 50 percent off your entire bill. I had so many people text me, send me photos, uh, DM me. So make sure you are taking advantage of, the, of that, whether it's a win or a loss, and. You can just go watch any Kings games there. And during the Kings games, uh, you can get 50% off apps and 50% off drinks while the game is going on. And who doesn't love breakfast all day? They have more than breakfast. They've got drinks. They've got lunch and dinner. But I love, I can go get an Eggs Benedict at 8 p.m. Nom, 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 nom. Let me tell you about their hash browns, too. Oh. Best hash browns ever. It's like a brick of hash browns. It's a browns. brick and it's there's the, the, the it, they perfect it's yes. perfectly cooked this crunch. Uh they're at 10th and S in downtown Sacramento just 6 blocks away from Gold One Center check out Rock and Soul. <sighs> Morgan our Sharif Jewelers moment of the game. I feel like I have the moment. Well, I, was, I have the moment. I was going to say too, you could also go make yourself feel better and go buy yourself some jewelry. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. After any King's loss, make sure to go buy yourself something. It will make yourself feel better. What would be your moment of the game? I'm just curious. And I want the chat. If you had to pick one moment from tonight's game to put in the moment jar that we put in 
after every game, win or lose, it's filling up. We're up to our 35th one tonight. What would be your moment of the game? I don't, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't have, I don't have a moment at all. Okay. Yeah. What you, you sounded like you had, one. I do. What, what is that moment? My moment, Cody Zeller hit a three tonight. Oh, it's the first three he has made in a game since April 2021. I looked that up. It was the first three of the season. And I went, you know, I wonder, like, when's the last time he hit a three? You have to go back to April of 2021, the last time that Cody Zeller made a three. He made a three tonight. We'll also note the fact that the Kings were down 50 at home at one point. Damn it. This uh, is a loss you won't forget. Yeah. 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 I mean, I will forget it because that's what happens with my poor memory. Oh, Put this look in at there. that. Put that in there. There you go. Oh, don't knock over Isn't anything the over there. Yep. Yeah, don't yeah. let them, but don't knock Man. over. All right, Morgan. So next up for the Sacramento Kings is a road trip. Believe it or not, the Kings play 15 of their next 19 games on the road before the All-Star break. How does that make you feel? How, how did, when you hear that, what do you think about that, huh? Uh, this road trip, by the way, figure it out. it's a similar setup to what just went down this week, where you got a lot of games coming up. So if you're tired, you better figure it out fast. This is the point of the year that you got to be mentally tough. This road trip for the Sacramento Kings features the Pistons coming up on Tuesday. And then Wednesday, they play against the Hornets. They're off a couple of days, and they go to Philly. Sunday at Milwaukee, then they end the road trip Tuesday at Phoenix before returning home to take on Tyrese Halliburton and the Indiana Pacers. They come home for two games, and then they hit the road again, Morgan. It's insane. Golden State, Dallas, Memphis, Miami, Indiana, Chicago, Cleveland come home for two, and then they go on the road again with OKC, Phoenix, and Denver. That's a lot of road games coming up. I know. I just threw a lot at you. Uh, But first things first, the Pistons come, or excuse me, you go to Detroit to take on the Pistons. So. Look, if this team um, can be the team we think they could be, it's mm-hmm. this. the next two games could be a good opportunity. You go, handle the Pistons because they're awful. Mm-hmm. And you go, that Hornets team just embarrassed us on our home floor. We're going to go embarrass them on their home floor. And then you get ready for Friday, a tough matchup against the Sixers. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much what it's going to look like. What do you... What are you guys expecting coming up against the Pistons? Because, I mean, I could sit here right now and I feel like I can't predict. I know what I want, but I can't predict what's going to happen. And that, that scares me a little bit because I wouldn't care if this was last year and saying, I can't predict what's going to happen next game. But that's okay because they're learning and growing. And they're still learning and growing. But I just expect more, especially against a very bad team like the Detroit Pistons. But I expected more tonight even against a better team like the New Orleans Pelicans that were shorthanded. Yeah, a good team on a, uh, against the Pistons will like go out and send a serious <laughs> message like, okay, this is how we respond because we are pissed off and we need to start playing angry. Um, but the question is, will we get that? Morgan, 
trades are going to be a big topic over the next month, right? The trade deadline is coming up. Wow, we're an hour in and you're just getting to it. I know, I know. But I do feel like when you have games like this, and I, I have felt this way for a while. I feel this way after a win. This team needs a jolt. It needs a change. I think there are too many times you see the Kings take on a team and you go, oh, that team's longer than the Kings. That's a problem. I think that needs to change. It has to be addressed. And, you know, they, they decided last trade deadline to not really make any moves. The move was Kessler Edwards, mm-hmm. take a swing at that, see if it pays off. Kessler, not really a part of things at this point in his Kings career. Last year, although I was a little disappointed they didn't make a trade at the deadline, I understood it because it was like, you know what? Let's just kind of see what this team is. Sure. Well, now we have that 82-game sample size. We have a seven-game playoff series against the Golden State Warriors. And now we have a 31-game sample size. I mean, this is a lot of games now, right? Over 100-plus games with this pretty much core. I think we all understand that this team needs some moves. I'm not surprised at all if we start hearing that Phones being picked up and the Siakam thing is being talked about. Yeah, no, that's why even when when the tweet went went out, um, talks are off the table and everything. I'm like, okay, for how long? And then you see a really bad game like tonight, and you go, I would be so surprised if the talks weren't happening again. But I mean, either way, even if those talks weren't happening again, it's like other talks need to have and i think that's going no that's going to happen with this crew i keep thinking more and more about the siakam deal because obviously the kings have shown interest in him that has been reported but they're not the only team the warriors have been brought up the hawks have been brought up there are going to be a lot of teams interested in a guy who is 29 years old has been an all-star in this league an all nba caliber player who's a really good player by the way the raptors taking on the warriors tonight as we're recording this right now. Uh, the Raptors are destroying the Warriors. They're winning 124 to 99. RJ Barrett has 37. Damn. Siakam is resting the rest of the night. He had 16 points, seven rebounds, six assists on seven of 11 <laughs> shooting. This was Draymond Green's first game back on the bench. Oh. He's hanging out with the team and must inspire them to be down 25 on the home floor. Yeah. They have been down Good by energy. as many as 27. Anyway, there, I, I personally feel like there's got to be a little bit of an urgency to make a move for the Sacramento Kings. I don't know that they can wait until the deadline. Well, you can't wait until the deadline. And I mean, you can, but here's the thing. People like Pascal are going to be off the table. And that's, that's where the issue lies. Because you go, if you are, if you're looking ahead and you're like, we can make under the radar tweaks and we think we can be a better team go in that direction, wait until the trade deadline, do what you got to do. But if you know, if you are inside that organization and you know you cannot be a better team without a major tweak, then make the major tweak. Doesn't matter. I mean, does matter what it takes, but make it happen. I think Siakam is gettable for the Sacramento Kings. Okay. The question is, how concerned are they about making the trade without knowing that he'll resign with them. Now, with that said, if they were to trade for Siakam, they could pay him more than any other team. Would Siakam go, you know what, I don't care about getting paid a lot more money and just go test free agency? Or would he go, oh, this isn't too bad. It goes back to what I was talking to you last podcast about. Yeah, I think there is maybe a perspective from Sacramento 
that they should think about it's all right we get him in our building even if he's questioning what we're about because we're sacramento yeah. and we have not been good for more than one year if we get him inside our walls and show him our facilities, our coaching staff, what our front office is about, Sabonis and Fox and this kind of core that we have, and then we win and we make a nice push, maybe he's like, shit, I'll take that money. Winning is going to be the number one yes. thing that convinces any player if you're trying to re-sign them, right? Like that is going, especially a player like uh, in the tier of Pascal Siakam. Winning, winning is the number one thing. Yeah. Not even money. Let's just put winning first. Then, then money has got to be pretty. But then you're exactly right, Deuce. I think there are so many players around this league, especially nowadays, where you're still going to have players and and personalities that are like. Let's rage on the road and be hungover while playing. Let's, you know, club all night, do what we need to do, whatever. But there's so many players these days that are focused on getting that money, going to work, and doing their thing. And some even, like, enjoy their <laughs> – so some even enjoy their family life and their kids. But seriously, like, that is another reason why I know a lot of players like being in Sacramento because they – do enjoy that life and they feel like there's stability here in this city um and on top of that pascal siakam put him on a scooter behind me while i Show ride him around scooter. town if yeah. anyone that goes yeah. on a scooter ride with me i sell town. the shit out of this place oh, you would you, think i work for visit sacramento we could sell him oh for sure give us a cut and we'll go ahead and convince him to stay in sacramento i see a couple people in the chat mentioning oh but deuce i don't think you're the Kings can get Pascal Siakam without giving up Keegan. I thought that at one point too. Um, I think Masai knows at this point. Keegan's off the table. Keegan's off the table. That's like, so the talks would not be coming back up potentially if it was involving Keegan. Mm -hmm. that, that, that is known. That is known. I think that was known a couple of days ago. And if you start hearing stuff in the next couple of days, it's not because all of a sudden Keegan's on the table. I'd be shocked. I'd be shocked. I think what's going to end up happening is Masai's like, fine, you don't want to give me Keegan. Then you know what I need? I need mm. some picks. Mm -mm, I need mm -mm, mm. two picks. I need three first-round picks. Oof. Are you willing to give up three first-round picks? And That's I don't, a lot. And I don't want pick swaps. And Masai, I don't want picks. Masai is a wild, yeah, wild. It's tough. Man it's a tough there. guy to deal with. Yeah. He's all, I mean, he's good at what he does. He's, he's done it so good. He literally has yeah. forced people to give up their firstborn to make a trade. So, do you? That's true. People don't realize that that's happened before. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and because I see someone saying, "What about two and a pick swap?" Maybe they could get there or something like that. But I do feel like. He's going to want multiple picks. And now you think about from Sacramento's perspective. Okay. Getting Siakam to Sacramento, adding him to this. And if you had, you could keep Keegan. You got Keegan. You got Sabonis, Fox, and Siakam. That's pretty nice. But are you willing to be like, hey, we just gave up three first round picks. We get bounced in the second round. And Siakam goes, you know. <laughs> Excuse me. Oh, he comes. I'm going to test free agency. Mm -hmm. And then he walks. Yep. He goes, you know what? Not only am I leaving, I'm going to Detroit's got cap space. I'm going to the Pistons. I, I don't know. I, I'm just throwing yeah, something yeah, out yeah. there. Like, I want to be the guy somewhere. Or I want to be the two. Here, I'm not the two. Well, then you just gave up 
three picks, three first round picks and some pieces to get a guy a rental. for three months. A rental. That's the challenge, right? You have to have some level of confidence that you can keep him. I think the next thing too is... Can you live with it though too if well, you didn't get to keep him? That's a challenge. That's, that's another, but that is another but part the, of it. The other thing I want to get back to though what? is something you said about, I think they need to make one before the deadline. Here's the other reason I think it's important to make one before the deadline. If you wait until the deadline, there's like 25-ish games left. If you make a deal sooner, it just allows you more time to get whoever you acquire implemented and more comfortable. Well, it, and that's kind of what the the Clippers did, right? They didn't wait till the deadline to trade for James Harden. They did it like early, early to get him in the folding. They went through the shit time. They yes. they went through a tough time. And now, what do you know? It's clicking a bit for them. And what if they also traded enough away where... It, they had to, and then there was more cap space, right? And then yeah. there was other moves and tweaks that little ones, the under the radar ones that we're talking about, what that could be made um, after a trade like that is made. And no, and you're exactly right. Being implemented and working all the tweaks, playing some crappy basketball yeah. together, and then figuring it out is definitely something you want to do before it's too late. And I, I just think Siakam, we know... We saw it the other night. I've said it for, I mean, I, I told Morgan a little bit ago, I'm like, God, I remember talking about the Kings trying to get Siakam three years ago. Like, this guy is a very versatile player. He is long, athletic. He can go get a bucket. It gives you some more size at the wing spot. All of a sudden, you've got Keegan and Siakam on mm -hmm. the wing. Things change a little bit, you know? And, of course, there are going to be some things to iron out offensively, but I start thinking about the potential of, Siakam bring up the ball Siakam Sabonis pick and roll you got Fox still you got Monk you got Keegan that's a pretty potent lineup with more size and I think you get better and who knows what else the deal could be like could you get a Dennis Schroeder back in the deal could that look is it involving more than one team I don't know I think there are going to be options out there but I think a game like tonight mm, probably makes you pick up the phone you know, I, I, it has to. Ryan says, DNM, do we need a captain or a third star? And I think when you, I mean, here's the thing in this league too, when you are looking at that caliber of player, no matter what, next to Sabonis and Fox, it's going to be interchangeable at times. And that's what you want. You don't want this whole team to look so different when Fox is on the court um, because it's it's just, you know, Domas is your big, he's the hub of the offense, but who else is yeah. really that force? Well, adding someone like Pascal Siakam, you wouldn't just go downhill. Your identity wouldn't be completely lost because you're building a new identity with someone in that same tier of play. And David the Chess says we don't need offense. No, I think the Kings do need some offense. They need another guy who can go create and get a bucket. But I also think Siakam is a capable defender that I think could play some good defense in Sacramento too. Um, his length alone. I also, you know, the other thing too is from his standpoint, and I'm repeating myself from the other night, but just to reiterate it, is, you know, the pecking order, right? Like, Fox and Sabonis are going to take a lot, right? They are. Okay. He's not, even if you go, well, he could be the number two in Sacramento. Okay, but how, how long is he the number two? Is Keegan rising? You know, is he the number three? Is he comfortable being with the number three some nights, being the number two some nights, being the number one? Or does he want to go to a team where it's like, hey, I'm like two or one B? 
If you, you know what I mean? If you have the right personality sure. combination, it doesn't matter. Okay. Again, I'll give you this one little nugget I had with my one-on-one with Domal Sabonis Ooh, yesterday. Wow. He he mentioned at one point, he goes, Fox and I, we're, we both are not to, we are, we are, neither one of us care about the spotlight. Neither one of us care. We don't care who has the spotlight. That's good. So, I mean, that alone, Deuce, you're one and two guy on this team. They don't care about that shit. So it's like, they just care about playing good basketball. And wherever that means that they're playing good basketball, you know, Domas, if he had a game where he had 20 assists and 20 rebounds and zero points somehow, he'd be like, Great. I if mean, we would yeah. all be like, great, of course. But my point is, there are a lot of those personalities on this team, especially when you look at Keegan, De'Aaron, Sabonis. And then you add someone like Pascal. I don't know what his personality is like. I don't know if he is like craving something else after Toronto that is more in the spotlight or wanting to be that one, one B type guy. I just don't know. Let's get to some super chats, including a familiar face. Some Kings fans love him. Oh, Many- Many Kings fans hate him. <laughs> Kevin yes. O'Connor donates $10 saying, loving the trade talk, winky face. He's like, winky face. I told you they need to mm-hmm. move. He mm-hmm. says, this is the year to go for it. The title window is open. Next year, it may not be. Kings should feel urgen- urgency. Look at you, uh, KOC. KOC, thank you so much. Um, Thanks. Yeah, I, I think his point about the window is super dead on. Denver's got flaws. Yep. I'm well, watching him the other night. I'm going... Do you trust their bench at right? They, they don't have the same pieces they had last year. They got the same core, but are those young guys ready? There's flaws there, right? Flaws. I'll, a, say, I'll just say flaws. But. but that's the point is there's flaws. Go up and down the West. Okay. OKC, I'm sorry. They're flawed. I like them long-term. I don't think this is the year for them, and I think they're patient enough to go, let's just see how this group works together. I don't view them as a legit contender because I don't like their size. Golden State Warriors, flaws. flaws. Beyond flawed. The... the you got Steph Curry. Warriors have the King's Flawed. number. Flawed. Okay. Minnesota. They're they, looking pretty solid. They're looking really <laughs> solid right now. I don't completely trust it yet, but it's hard to deny that they defend. And it's a problem. Gobert has been playing incredible defense. He looks spectacular this year. The cat dynamic's always weird, but they've got depth. They got size. They defend. Okay. The, but, pe- the Pelicans? D- Flawed. Zion's the biggest flaw. They're flawed, but against the Kings. I'm not talking, but it doesn't, you may not have to play them. I get them. it. My You're point. just talking about in the West. I get it. Usually there's a team you're like, dude, there's like two teams that for sure, they are the, okay, flawed. Dallas, come on. I don't, Dallas not even in the picture for me. Flaws galore. The Clippers, okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've, they've been playing some pretty good basketball. I think. Partly with the Clippers, you're going track record a bit. Like, do you trust it? They're playing well right now. Do you trust Kawhi staying healthy? Do you trust that Harden's going to show up in accounts? Do you trust all that? Paul George, right? Yeah. Do you trust it? Okay, that's it. You don't trust the Suns. I know you don't trust the Lakers. We just named all the true people, the true teams in the West. There is a window. Weird things happen. Things break right. You can, with the right move, be in that contender category in the Western Conference. This is a year where you can do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it, 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 it is. <laughs> it is. But I love that we are saying that after a game where the Kings looked 
Sure. More than it doesn't look like one player is going to fix the flaws. Yeah, you, but you know what though? You say that when one player makes a defensive mistake out there on the floor for the Sacramento Kings, it messes everything up. Sure. One player that mm-hmm. gets targeted or two players that changes everything. So yes, I do think one player can shift things, especially when you're talking about someone as dynamic as Pascal Siakam. Well, and even I look at I, I look at the way that the Pelicans were blowing up the DHOs tonight, and I go, okay, you add someone like Pascal Siakam, that automatically right there, Mike Brown's not having to run a whole bunch of DHOs. He, I mean, you still can, and you can try different things, different actions out of the pick and roll. You can do so. There's just He's so versatile and there's so many more things that you are capable of doing. And then you're adding that length to the defensive end. Yeah. It's, um, it sounds cute right now. Thanks so much to KOC. Thanks also to dash who donated two bucks saying the Kings got me feeling like chugging wine too. shake my head. Cheers. Uh, Maddie also donates two bucks saying James Ham just drilled Coach Brown about that, talking about the players not coming out and mm. discussing. Elmer donates five bucks, saying at least the Warriors are getting their asses handed to them, too. <laughs> Top Ramen donates two bucks. How many new faces are needed? Will only one suffice? No, I mean, I, I think, God, if you could add, I, I, I brought up a name like Matisse Thibel, too. You know, another wing defender. You're, you're, I'm getting greedy. You, yes. Yeah, you are. But you realize how greedy you have to. If you if you still picture this Pascal Siakam stuff going down, how greedy yeah. Masai Ujiri is going to yeah. be with getting Pascal Siakam. So then what else are you going to have to make any okay, other tweaks? You, you say how greedy he's going to be. Okay. Yeah. But teams are also reluctant to give up a ton for a guy who's on an expiring contract. There's negotiations that have to be here, and that, that's one that goes against him. Now, teams could get desperate and maybe go that direction. In the chat, the Matt Man says, Kings would have to trade Herder Barnes-Mitchell for Siakam, and Toronto will not accept that. Um, well, one, you can involve another team. Two, you can involve draft picks. Yeah. I mean, you're going to have to enhance it, right? Especially when there could be other teams in the mix. We've heard, as I mentioned, Atlanta in the mix, Golden State in the mix. So, I don't know. I, 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 there could be multiple moves that have to be made. You know, there's a lot of candidates out there, but there's also, as I mentioned, the title window being open, I think, for the West, where you look at, well, this team's got flaws. This team, well, those teams may be inspired to make moves too. So, mm-hmm. that creates... Oh, a, yeah. a climate oh where God. there are a lot of buyers and not a lot of sellers. So what's that mean? A fight to get it. It's going to be expensive. And are you willing to take the risks necessary to do it to maybe get to that point? It makes it tough. And that's why also we're not NBA general managers. Nope. I wish you luck, Monty and Wes. Yeah, have fun with this <laughs> it's shit. Tough. It's God. tough. It's not easy. It's not easy trying to build a championship team, right? Mm-hmm. It's not easy to make tweaks. It's a hard thing to deal with. But Well, and not only is it, it's a hard thing to realize too, especially when you are trying to trade for a rental. Yeah. You have to live with, you have to sleep at night somehow if for some reason he decided that he wanted to go somewhere else after the rest of this season in Sacramento. And then let's say you lose a whole bunch of first round picks and you lose some other piece, some, some, some depth to your team. You then have to somehow pick up these pieces and you see how difficult it can be picking up these pieces and adding that depth. I mean, we thought alone Sasha Vazenkov was going to be 
so much more yeah. than what he is right now. And I don't think that's all necessarily on him in his game. I also think he has that very short leash. The NBA pace um, is he's not up to speed with it. All these different things about him in his game. And I think he's a great guy. You know, you talk about a locker room guy, always positive, all those things that this culture wants. He is all those things, but they still need the nasty guys. They still need the guys that can contribute um, when some of your starters are having their off nights. You know, you you need that sort of depth. You do. And I, I was just looking up as you're talking about that uh, with Siakam, you know, the, the Kings would have his bird rights if they traded for him. And that means they could pay him far more than any other team. And I, I, even if Siakam was throwing out like, well, hey, I may not resign there. You talk about gambles being made. The Kings have done it before, ironically enough, in a trade with the Toronto Raptors involving Rudy Gay. They convinced him to sign. Even if you want to go way back, you talk about the gamble of all gambles. They traded Mitch Richmond, who may have been may have been declining, but he was their franchise player for a 20, like three, 24-year-old Chris Weber, who was on his second team, who literally said, after being traded, I'm not showing up to Sacramento. Guy ends up signing, you know, a seven-year deal with the Kings. Sometimes you have to take those risks mm-hmm. and trust what your the infrastructure you have in place. And even if Siakam's saying that now, we don't know if he is, but let's just say he is like, I don't, I'm not going to commit to signing with Sacramento. Fine. But when it comes to signing time, are you going to pass up? More money. Millions upon millions upon millions upon millions of dollars to go somewhere else or are you going to be in a good spot and get paid a lot more and your mindset could even be get paid more money and make that money and then ask for a trade when you really need it when you're like just being a dick and you need to (laughs) get out of here or something that's true you You know what i mean we've seen that many times in the league hey just sign and ask for a trade after well you look at someone even like zion though how many times have we talked about when is he going to be out when is he going to be out well you're seeing things Seem to be going well for the for Pelicans. Now, yep. For now, he's wasn't healthy tonight, but he's been healthy for the most part. And their team has a little bit more of this identity with them. And I mean, sure, winning basketball is very is, is a great way to convince players to stick around. Um, but we haven't heard those rumblings since we heard those rumblings in the beginning of the season. Or was that in the offseason? I forget. It, I think it happened a little bit early in the season too. I don't know. Okay. I feel like yeah, the Zion yeah. stuff happens like every, every other year. week. Like you just don't know. Or every week. One other thing with super chats, I want to apologize to those who sent super chats the last couple of games because I saw them and I totally forgot to get back to them. And there's so many people who wow. take the time to give us super chats. So if you have given us super chats in the past and we did not acknowledge the last couple of games, a hundred percent of the blame is on Morgan Reagan oh. and for not reminding me to get to them. So go ahead. Are you Jeremy? What is happening? Apologize. He hates me for everything. This is what you're doing. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's my bad. It's my bad, and uh, we thank you. And I'm no, I'm not actually Sorry, mentioning guys. your name, but thank you so, so, so much for the support. And thanks to everyone for hanging out with us. If you have not yet, hit the thumbs up and subscribe. Obviously, see Occam's a name that a lot of people are talking about because it was the name that was in the news just a couple of days ago, but. There are other candidates out there, and I think it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I think we're both on the same page that waiting till the deadline Mm -hmm. is probably not ideal. Mm -hmm. 
and I, and I, I understand why they looked at last year and they did what they did last year and they really believed in keeping their core yeah. continuity, See all what those it things. Looks like. And I love that now, not just because of a loss that it was amplified that they have all these flaws, but I think it was going into this season. We knew that some guys would be in some trade talks and, um, to make this team take the next step and, you hope that's where this can go. What other thoughts do you have tonight? <sighs> Give me anything. Big picture, tonight's game. Um It bums me out hearing boos at the arena. And not and by the way, when I say that, I'm not saying the fans shouldn't boo. I was totally fine with it. I just it's over the years there have been bad teams who've gotten booed. You're like, yeah, you deserve it. You know, and you're just <laughs> like, man, this team, like, dude, this is how frustrated fans are with you guys. You are one of the best Kings teams in a long time, and they're booing you because yeah. of these losses. Like, yeah. it just sucks that it has to happen. Yeah. yeah. No, and I mean, it's like, you, it's, sometimes you you hope that it would also, like, light their ass on fire a little mm. bit, inspire them, do whatever. And other times it's just, it is what it is. And on a Sunday at 3 o'clock, you would hope that both teams were kind of playing um, sluggish or it's weird to have a three o'clock start on a Sunday, but nope, the Pelicans played like it was any other <laughs> That's day. That's what I was going to bring up. <laughs> I, I arrived at the arena the same time as the Pelicans today. Yeah. And they got off the bus. I, I wish I would have texted you this. What? But they got off the bus. And I'm like, oh, it's like they're losing tonight. <laughs> <laughs> they look so tired to me. They got off the bus. They had, the, you know, hoods on. It just, you know, everyone just looking tired. I was like, Oh. I wish you did. I wish you did. They are that. sleepwalking tonight. Oh my God. They are coming. I'm like, and I was looking at it like, I didn't see Zion in there. I'm like, oh. I did some fan asked me before, what do you think about tonight? I'm like, oh, Kings win tonight. Why were you, so, and you were really that confident. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, you don't say it. You know it, what it was? Say it, I, because, they, and this is the trap. I need to stop doing this. I, I'm going to freely, I need to stop doing this. I was listening Good. to post game pressers from last game. And it seemed like everyone understood, like, the mission. Like, hey, like, this team punked us. We got to show up. This is a game you show up for. Yeah. We owe them one. And I'm like, okay, they're going to come out with the right focus. Like, they're going to play well. If you would have told me they were down 50 tonight, I'd be like, that's cute. That's funny. You're, you're hilarious. Good hot take. I would never have thought they were going to be down 50 to a team that's dominated the whole year. And they did. And they were. And it was bad. It was bad. I wasn't. Ex I wasn't expecting it to be that bad. Yeah. And when we saw it that bad in the beginning of the game, I even had a weird thought like, oh, okay, good, good. This is going to be one of those games that they don't come out strong, but they finish strong. <laughs> oh, they're going to make a run here. You know what I thought was going to happen? Here's what I thought was going to happen. What? They were down big at the half, and the way they started, I'm like, they're going to make it like a 12-point game in the third, and they're going to make it a game in the fourth, and we're going to come on here and be like, well, they lost, and this is – why you can't dig yourself a hole because mm. you got to play perfect basketball after that. They end up letting it get to 50. I text Deuce at the end or toward the end of the game. And I said, can I call in sick tonight? Chat man he called me a coward. I would never, by the way, even if I really was sick. <sighs> yeah. It's only two of us. We here. always show up, man. We, we always show up, man. We always do. Okay. Always. Uh, hey, and no Carlin shit. Carlin has not pooped. Well, I appreciate him hope doing that. Hope he's okay. Um, what was the other thing I was going to mention tonight? Oh, speaking of teams 
who look a little messy right now. The Golden State Warriors lost again on the home floor. It's official. They lost to the Toronto Raptors tonight. If I'm not mistaken, they're... Yeah, is that right? They're... Man, 17 and 19? Is that correct? No, the right box score in front of me? I mean, you have it close, right? They're, they're 17 and... They're 17 and 19. They are yeah. 17 and 19. Curry tonight, 2 of 14. Team in 30 minutes. He was 0 of 9 from downtown in okay. this game. Clay Thompson. Yeah. So I Steph mean, went 1 of 10. Curry no. went 2 of 14. Yeah. No, no. You said Steph went 1 of 10. That's what I meant. There you go. De'Aaron went 1 of 10. Good. Steph went 2 of 14. Interesting. <laughs> Both guys are kind of struggling right now. Uh, but the Raptors won 133 to 118 in this game. RJ Barrett had 37 points. Draymond Green's been reinstated. This makes me laugh. And he was on the bench tonight, all this. I don't know what the appropriate amount was when they said indefinite suspension. Correct. But we went over all the issues that Draymond Green has had from... In a year span. The sub, uh, the Jordan Poole punch. Mm -hmm. The Sabonis stomp. Mm -hmm. What was the other one? He had the issue with Donovan Mitchell. That, that was a little mix-up that he got ejected. Rudy Gobert choke. Oh, the Rudy Gobert choke. And, and then, then the, the Nurkic. And then, so he's indefinitely spent... So, between that game uh -huh. and now mind you christmas was during that time new year's eve uh, he got enough help to be back be away from the team and be ready to go he's going to be good all i know is this this situation with the warriors is an absolute mess right now and i, I you know you had kaminga come out the other day so you know with the report that was like he has lost faith in steve kerr after he played like you know minimal minutes in a game where he was really effective yeah Andrew Wiggins has not been the same at all this year for them. It seems like for this year, last year, really since they won a title, what do they do? And that's another team that has been mentioned with the Seahawks. Right. Stuff. And that, that you go. Chris Paul fractured hand out six to eight dude, weeks after even, surgery. That's so sad. I, cause I just, I, I don't, I, I don't know if a lot of people even like Chris Paul. Most don't. Morgan. Most don't. Let's be real. But I just never want anyone's like end of their career toward the last chapter of their career to end with like just a whole bunch of injuries. Oh, he was what he was at the end. And it's like, no, I want him to be able to play and um, still show up. So yeah, that sucks. That sucks for the warriors, but you look at all the, their other issues and that's where I just go. Great. I love that. But love them having drama. You know, I they, think that's fun. <laughs> you do, but you don't. Why? Right? Because they're a good example of a team that, Needs to maximize the years that Steph Curry has left. They're spending a lot of money on that team, right? A ton of money. It's ironic enough, they they ironically enough they saved like ten million dollars on luxury tax because Draymond was suspended for oh, that time. Yes, so they actually I saved some that. money. Okay, when when he was gone, but they're a team that there's some pressure on Dunleavy to make some moves. Sure, and as he should. You know, we talk about Wiggins, but who wants to touch that at this point? I mean, maybe someone goes, oh, we can get the most out of him. I think some teams would like Moody, Kaminga, but the report was they don't want to give up Jonathan Kaminga. I'm going, go, Warriors, you're shitting me, right? I like Jonathan Kaminga. I actually still think he could be a good player in this league. But if you're talking about maximizing Steph's window and you're going to be like, hey, sorry, we could talk Siakam. Kaminga's off the table. You are literally insane. Like, if 
That's going to be the deal breaker for the Warriors. My point is, I don't know that's really a deal breaker. That's a team that's a threat because they've got Chris Paul's massive mm-hmm. deal. They can throw in a Kaminga, Moody. I mean, who knows? But, but who wants a broken Chris Paul? It's not about the broken Chris Paul. It's about the fact that his contract mm. goes bye-bye. Yep, yep, you yep, can yep, buy yep. him out and say bye-bye. Go sign with a contender. Yep. It's just the money savings. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Okay, yeah. I, yeah, no, I sure. That's It's still fun that they have drama. Not going to lie. You know, it's just, it's great. I love, and I love NBA drama as long as it's not around the Sacramento Kings. What about Kuzma? For for the Kings? But think about it. Part of the reason why he didn't end up coming here, reports were basically saying that he wanted to be the guy or one of the two guys. Yeah, but do you want to be that mentality alone, Deuce? Yeah, but then, you know, you get the chance to be the guy. Do you really want to be the guy on like a seven win team? Like, is that fun? Well, he's experiencing that now. Yeah. He's like, the grass ain't always greener, Coos. Grass Not always greener. Well, the grass is really green in California. California. It is. It is so green, my man. Green. Yeah. I also want to call, I, I hope. Weird. Siakam comes to the Kings because we can call it Pascalifornia. Also stupid. You like it? No. Pascalifornia. No. There's a, well, No. Okay. What? Why? I don't know. I yeah, that it. is really bad. <laughs> like that. You know, you're not gonna win them all. We're alive. It's not like I, I I didn't like plan this out. I'm just coming up with stuff. Kuzma Rento. Past California actually makes sense. I know, but my whole point is that neither one of them makes sense. It's stupid, and you should have never said it. And also, yes, when you look at Kyle Kuzma, his contract was like 25, 25 mil. Around that mark, yeah, and it goes down, and it and mm-hmm. it goes down, 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 down. Yep, yep, yep. I mean, yeah, good contract. Uh, probably the amount that the Kings were going to have to pay for him if they really wanted him anyway. Um, yeah, it's not. It doesn't. It's more of the the. He would be an upgrade. My you what? He would be an upgrade on the team. He Kuzma. would he would be an yeah. upgrade, but but you have to be careful with the type of personalities. You put yeah. in this culture you're right because you deuce they all sign a freaking contract that says all in and one more thing i did ask the bonus about the all-in contract i'm like you guys are a whole bunch of grown men signing a piece of paper that is like basically saying all in like what is that by and he goes and he just basically talked about it being this <clears throat> this thing that you know you could joke about with some guys if they're not all in but then there's something about it where you want to you want to buy in because why'd you sign it then morgan if i Took a shot every, every time, time that I talked about yeah. Sabonis. But there were so many Your good Sabonis nuggets. interview, I would be blacked out right now. Okay, well, then it wasn't my interview. It was someone else's, and I'm just mentioning <laughs> little quotes from it. Like just kidding. That every single quote has like something kidding. good. I know you are, but still. It felt weird mentioning it every time, but truly every single thing he was saying or with those nuggets, I just thought were really interesting with how this team's culture is and yeah. why the type of guy that the Kings need to bring in and trade for is very important. Uh, in the chat, someone was mentioning Dorian Finney-Smith as a potential trade target for the Kings. So Dorian Finney-Smith makes 13.9 this year, 14.9 the year after that, 15.3 player option in 25-26. I like Dorian Finney-Smith a lot, and like it, that wouldn't be the sexiest move for the Kings, I think, the casual fan, because who's Dorian Finney-Smith? Right, but... Thing? Yeah, I mean, he's not like a house. I mean, he's not a bucket, right? Like, but the guy's long. 
and can defend and he would help this team. Yeah. I would love to a situation where you get like God, maybe I'm dreaming. I'm whatever. What's your dream? Can you get like Siakam and Finney Smith? You know, like Jesus. be aggressive. Yeah, like you so... need wing. Oh, I'm sorry. The Pelicans have 800 wings. The Kings can't get. But some you're of these just wings? you're acting like you're acting like the Kings have just all these picks and people in the world to just trade away and make all this okay. happen. Like you can't live in dream world, bud. Uh, I know that Markinen keeps getting mentioned in the chat too. Look, the Markinen thing. I just don't think the Jazz are going to move him. I just think he is a player that is entering the prime of his career on an affordable deal, and if anything, they're going to give him an extension. Now, if you have a chance to get him, sure, but I just don't think that's feasible. And do you want to deal with Danny Ainge? That's a tough one, too. It, the heat marketing's not going to be cheap. Um, People mentioned Caruso and Thibault, too. Yeah, I think the same names are out there. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Could it's be. fun for us to talk about. I mean, for players, it sucks. You know, you don't know where your life's going to take you. So. That's, yeah, that's always the the weirdest part. It's more fun talking about it with other teams. It's it's fun when it happens, too, because you get to feel the thrill and the excitement. But then you think of the other side of things, and you're like, oh, God, like everyone's life is just turned well, upside down. I've got my alerts on. I uh, Don't you always have them on? Not all the time. Oh, wow. During this time of year, I, I officially have my alerts on because I am ready. If a trade goes down mm-hmm. at 2 a.m., Deuce Mason will be here. Is Morgan? Spotlight up in the air. I don't know. The DMM, yeah, DNM the, spotlight. You're going to look up in the Deuce and Mo beam in the air. And it's, let's go. 2 a.m. Trade happens. We're live talking about it. Unless it's like a trade that's like, really? Petrusive's coming back again. Don't be mean. That's well. Another roster thing we should mention too before we wind down are the Kings waived Juan Toscano Anderson. He was on a partially oh, yeah. guaranteed deal. James Ham reporting that the Kings are likely bring him back once he clears waivers on a ten day contract. Okay, they're trying to keep some flexibility with a roster spot, especially this time of year when trades could be happening. Yeah. So no, that's good. I mean, yeah, because you think about the big old moment that he went in against the Orlando Magic to defend Paolo Bancaro. And then all of a sudden, (laughs) wait, it's like, Uh, yeah, I mean, there's something there Mike Brown likes about him. So makes sense. Well, we appreciate you guys so much for hanging out with us tonight. Uh, If you have any ideas about what you want to see or thoughts on tonight's game, drop us a comment on our YouTube page. Also, we appreciate you guys so much for hanging out with us all the time, even during the tough times like tonight. Tonight was not fun. And you guys were here hanging out. You made it fun it for us. It wasn't too bad, huh? No. We got emotional. We laughed. You got emotional. Talk some train. I had fun. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you guys so much. We love you guys, but we gots to go. You all have a wonderful rest of your night. See ya! Deuce and mo, Deuce and mo, Deuce and mo. They tell you what they know. Deuce and mo, Deuce and mo. Deuce and Mo, the podcast that you know, Deuce and Mo. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela. Is your reward. 
Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.